Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. I got everything I wanted for Valentine's Day. I beat the Flyers and I saw blood. Greg, how are you? I'm great. I saw Deadpool and I got to witness Wayne Simmons uh, get cut like the little MFer he is. And it was wonderful. It was lovely. That was a, a wonderful win in game. And we're... we're going to get to that in all our recaps and summaries of next week and i think even later we're going to have a little bit of debate about candy is that true uh yeah because you and i we got and a beef as the kids say Damn. oh my god did we ha- we dropped gloves ourselves on like friday afternoon there were like 20 of us and it was bloody bloody valentine day right we're going to talk about all that in this episode but first i want to get to the important things you know what's breaking my heart and breaking other people's legs with bone bruises Injuries. Not great, Bob. No, not great. So let's talk about Rick Nash just briefly. We talked about him last week on the podcast. So this bone bruise, Rick Nash is officially week to week. Right. He was day to day when we recorded last week. Like, I think right after we finished recording, the Rangers made the announcement he was going to miss the entirety of the week. But everything about that announcement made it sound like a precaution and that he had every intention of playing sometime this week and now we're already at the point where today he said he's not even going to get evaluated until Friday so he's going to miss this week and I don't think I have a problem with it honestly this team right now is playing really well uh everyone seems to be clicking together the lines feel kind of nice and I'm I'm not as nervous and Nash was allergic to goals when he was on the ice you know what Nash take your time get healthy get back for the playoffs and maybe for once show up Right. Like, that's the storyline here. So the Rangers are playing perfect in-sync hockey right now. But let's not start ourselves. And I don't want to listen to any Ranger fan that genuinely believes they're a better team with the 12 forwards they're currently trotting out right now and without Rick Nash. It's simply not the case. But the good streak of play the Rangers have been playing has bought them time. And that's very important for someone like Rick Nash because – Rick Nash, if push comes to shove, will try and play through injury, but it would be a lot more beneficial to the Rangers. And I think to Rick Nash, mentally, if he was fully healthy, back on the ice, and quite honestly, if he knew that he doesn't have to carry this offense like the Rangers have put on his shoulders in the past, I think he could come back rejuvenated and we might see a different Rick Nash than we've seen before, knowing that it doesn't have to be just him. He can defer to... Broussard, Zuccarello, JT Miller, Kreider. Um, it, it's nice that the Rangers have scoring options. It's a very strange feeling, and uh, I haven't really felt this way since the 10-game winning streak earlier in the season, where I can look at this offense and say, wow, I think we can win this game by scoring a lot of goals, instead of saying, wow, I really need Hank to pitch a shutout here, or we're dead. <laughs> of course, and some of, that, some of that does come into play with the fact that the Rangers are playing their best hockey since that 10-game win streak. They're basically winning what feels like three out of every four games and they're getting points in games they would otherwise, or what we've seen them lose earlier in like that middle part of the season. This is the perfect time for the Rangers to start kicking it up a notch because the schedule has gotten harder and we're getting that much closer to the playoffs and they are responding. That is encouraging. And this is why you kind of had to give the Rangers the benefit of the doubt back in December and even the early part of January. Right, and now, although we are 14 points behind the Capitals, we're four. No one's catching the Capitals. No one's catching the Caps. No one's catching them. They have 84 They're points. Right. The Rangers right now are the fifth fifth best record in hockey, I think we talked about earlier. They have 70 points. Fifth, 
fifth best record in hockey, third best record in the East. And I cannot understate this again. Nobody is catching the Capitals. They are one game off the NHL best pace. Everyone talks about how many headlines the Warriors are getting for chasing 73 wins. The Capitals, I think, um, are on pace for 61, and the league record is 62, and nobody's talking about it. I actually didn't know that until you brought this up. So that's an, right. an it's incredible kind of crazy. Yeah, I had it's no idea. It's kind of crazy. It's, and you know what it is? Um, uh, down goes Brown, who writes for Vice now, formerly sure. of Grantland. Great hockey writer. He's a must-follow on Twitter, and he's a must-read when he does post an article. He brought the point up today. Wow. See, Most I... of the reason why the Capitals aren't getting the buzz that they – like, if this was any other team, imagine if this was the Blackhawks or the Rangers or the Bruins – or the Kings, they would be getting buzz on top of buzz for chasing this record. But when we think of the Capitals, we only think of playoff disappointment. So we don't care. No one cares what the Capitals do in the regular season. And it's showing itself because this is maybe one of the best hockey teams ever assembled, and nobody cares. It's really incredible. <laughs> I'm like sitting here mind blown because I really didn't understand that that was happening. And the Warriors get 24 seven coverage and the Capitals might, if, if the Capitals, they might actually be on ESPN if anyone cared <laughs> at this point. Well, uh, and of course it's a, it's a unfair comparison to compare the NHL to the NBA oh, because of course. The NBA, like I, let's be honest of what the NHL is. It's a niche sport, but the fan bases are die hard. Die you hard. and I are very big hockey fans. And if someone I didn't know that capital fact yesterday. You clearly didn't know that capital fact yesterday. No idea. We're big hockey fans. And I think we didn't take notice of that because of what uh, Down Goves Brown was saying. This is a team that chokes in the playoffs. Show me what you do in the playoffs before I care about anything you do in the regular season. It's incredible. They have 84 points and they've played two less games than the Rangers. Jesus. They've only lost 10 games in regulation this year. Yeah, that's incredible. That's really good. And they have they have 181 goals for and 125 against. Jesus They're incredible. Christ. They're incredible. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. It's like, still funny because I still those... feel confident about beating them, and I know we've said that every week. <laughs> it's really yeah. I, I, I'm a little less confident now, but right. I wouldn't be like doom and gloom. Uh, no, I don't think I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was a was a death wish. It is a death wish no. playing against them. I guess right no. now, but uh... right now, yeah. But I mean, we all know what the NHL playoffs are. Hot goalies. Who's got baby. the best goalie? Hot goalies. Yeah, who's got the best goalie? I, I would take Hank any day over Holtby. I have no problem saying that. I have no problem agreing with you. Look at that. Yeah, yeah here we go. <laughs> well, here one of the few times I think we'll agree maybe in these yeah. you know, next couple of weeks. Who knows? With a trade down like coming up that we won't discuss today. Uh, yeah, the, the candy talk that we'll have at the end oh of Oh, my week. God, Greg. I'm going to get you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's also talk about McDonough. It's really sad seeing him out with a concussion. I don't know when he's yeah. going to come back. You know, Sidney Crosby took, like, I think eight months off when he had a concussion. I, I never want yep. to rush players back. And I I know people are saying he's going to be back for the playoffs, and I'm not sure he will be. And I'm I'm okay with that. The kids ah, – I'm not. I mean – I mean, well, Okay, I, okay me as, as a personal – like, as a Ranger fan, I'm not okay with that, period. Like, he's – I need right. him on my dude has to get Dude has to get healthier, though. But, I like, as that. a person I, I don't know but theoretically care about way too much – I really like want that guy to get healthy again and get everything together. Concussions are no joke. Rick Nash, after he had a concussion, really had a problem playing hockey. To be honest, that was last year, correct? There was like a, a rumor about his concussion after he scored forty yeah, goals. Yeah, that he was. I think 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he used the term playing in a fog at least once right. in uh, interviews after the season. Yeah, and uh, and that really affected his – he was so hot, lightning hot, and then just lost it all. You know, all it takes is one hit to really uh, clog up your mind, and we're seeing that now with the NFL. So Yeah, I really... obvious, obviously, obviously you want McDonough just to get healthy, and you would hope that getting healthy – is sooner rather than later. The encouraging signs with McDonough is he has been skating. Um, he hasn't been in team skates, but he gets out on the ice before the team officially practices, and that's always encouraging that he's at least doing some mobility training. I would be surprised if he sees any ice time this week. Um, I, I think I would not be totally stunned if we saw him in two weeks, though. I think, I, I think mid-March is when you see McDonough. And it's going to be a scary uh, injury to monitor, obviously. No, there's no such thing as a mild concussion. And right. uh, going forward, it's going to be but, uh, just hoping and wishing the best for him. you you got you got to play the season, and I think this cut will maybe come down to it at the trade deadline, too. This might factor in to Yandel, that I'm sure we'll talk about every week from now on. Oh, it absolutely will factor in the Yandel, because right now, with how well the Rangers have been playing, there's no way you can trade Yandel. Um, without McDonough being fully healthy because you have the question marks of Dan Boyle, Mark Stahl, who had an up-and-down week, which we'll get into. You had Dan Girardi, who's still trying to play himself in the form. And while the Rangers actually do have depth defensively in the minors with the likes of Brady Shea and uh, Ryan Graves, I don't think either are ready to be even full-time defensive linemen for the Rangers this season if you're expecting to make a deep run. I was surprised that Shea didn't come up, if you want to be honest. Uh, surprised only because A.V. loves playing strictly left-right defensive pairings, and right now the Rangers have four righties and two lefties, and they're basically making Dan Boyle play out of position. That's the only reason I was surprised Shea didn't get called up. Um, however, it's been working, so why rock the boat? I'm not rocking it right now. We got five points this week, baby. We get in there. I only wanted three, and they gave me five, so I have zero to complain about this week. Let's start with the first two points of the week in the Penguins. This is a huge shutout win. Huge, like Bernie Sanders. Huge, huge shutout win. Hank seems to be actually rounding back into form. And fun fact about this game: pretty sure Sidney Crosby had no shots on goal. No shots on goal, and he has one goal in his last nineteen regular season games against the Rangers. And if you expanded the playoffs, it's five in his last 30, which is insane. Right. Let me actually read you the craziest stat about this game. At uh, eight minutes and 34 seconds, Kevin Hayes scores assist Tanner Glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's... The Rangers also, there's a, they have some, I think, I don't know if it's undefeated or they haven't lost a game in regulation when Kevin Hayes scores a goal. Is that true? That's incredible, an incredible stat. I but at the same time, remember <laughs> that's not a lot of games. So throw, wow, they won they won all three of those games. I don't know how many goals <laughs> Kevin has right now. I should I should I, should look. I think I think it I I feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, are somehow one hundred plus listeners. Um, but I think it's something like the Rangers are seven oh. 0 and one in games scored uh when Kevin Hayes has a goal, maybe because the uh, the Owen the Owen one would be uh, Kevin Hayes scoring uh, against the Kings this week. Uh, but that was in overtime. 
Correct. That's the zero and one, the overtime, yeah. the overtime point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this Penguins game, see, this Penguin team is pretty serious at this point in time. Right as it stands right now, they're seven and three in their last ten. By the way, we're one of their losses, and we we've yeah. really dominated them. And Hank, you know, he really seems to be getting back to the shape he was before. Uh, Av came out and said he's re becoming himself, whatever that means. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, Hey, remind me um, the Phil Sims the Phil Sims moment of the week hashtag sure um, we talked about uh, I did figure out we, we were talking before this podcast I for our viewers I'm going to give you a slice of Greg here uh, I'm watching Virginia NC State in the background and I noticed that they used the wrong logo when talking about Virginia Street Fighter 10 was the logo they used Street Fighter right. 10 I, that game's not even out yeah, yet a, do you mean Street Fighter a, 5 by the way which comes out tomorrow yeah, February 16th right, at noon one. not that I'll be playing definitely. or pre-ordered this copy or any reason <laughs> definitely that one they used the Street Fighter logo for Virginia for reasons I have yet to figure out it might be on purpose because the game does come out tomorrow and that's incredible marketing if that does happen or it's a fantastic accident okay if anyone wants to play me in Street Fighter though hit me up on Reddit we'll go at it I'm so good. Okay. You're, yeah, uh, no idea. Hey, anyway, back to Rangers. Back to, back to Rangers talk. That was uh, that was our quick aside. Quick um, aside. So about the Penguin game. Yes, they're playing hot right now. Yes, they're a dangerous team. However, everything we saw in that game on Tuesday or, or Wednesday are the exact reasons why the Penguins don't really scare me as a playoff opponent. Because if you're able, it is hard work. First of all, they play without Malkin. That's a big piece to be missing. Yeah, we didn't see the Penguins at full strength. At the same time, if an injury happens to Crosby, Kessel, or Malkin, that's the Penguins team you're getting. They don't have any depth. I've said this for months. They have three great forwards, a great defenseman, and a goalie that can get hot. And the rest of their team is a hodgepodge of mediocre. And that's why the Penguins have never scared me. I agree with you, but you have to say they have three elite forwards. Sure, they have three of the probably 15 best players in hockey at the forward position in Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel. Yeah. But they can't be on the ice at the same time, and Crosby and Kessel play together. So you eliminate – there are two-thirds of the game being played when Crosby and Kessel are on the bench, and then there's another at least 30% of the game being played when Crosby, Kessel, and Malkin are all on the bench. Like, there's no depth on this team. If you can eliminate Sidney Crosby, like the Rangers were able to do on Wednesday, no shots on goal, who's going to score? It's basically just Kessel. You need to make sure Kessel scores. And when you're relying on one player to be the caliber of Henrik Lundqvist, when they don't have key playmakers setting them up, Ryan, that's not a good team. This is a poorly built hockey team. And they're in cap hell, worse than the Rangers, for years to come. Yeah, this is like the Angels. They have the best player in baseball. Yeah, but Mike Trout can't do it by himself. Oh, yeah, players around him. Can I go aside for one more second? I did a recently 260-player uh, prospect draft in a really deep dynasty league. The first Angel prospect went around like 180. Yeah. And, that, and honestly, that probably was too early. It's, it's really tough for them right now. Jesus. Keith Law just released his organizational rankings, and his quote was, I've been doing this for at least six years, and this is by far the worst farm system I've ever seen. That's incredible. <laughs> Poor Angels They're fans. Trouble. They don't have anything. At least they, got, they got the best player in baseball. baseball. 
The Angels are the baseball equivalent of the Penguins. Of course, there are pieces on the Angels where when you look at them, you're like, damn, that is a competitive ball club. But they don't have players around those great players to build them up to be more. And that's the Penguins right now. I think you're the, the best cross-sport analysis person of all time. <laughs> it's usually just the Mets and whatever I'm talking about. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's true, though. So that was a great uh, a great win for us. And Hank, you know, I was really worried about him for a long time. He really didn't look like himself. Is he starting to get old? And then he did that uh, that LeBron thing where he kind of went away for two weeks, went to Miami, uh, hit up the ladies, and just, you know, wore his mask all the time on the beach, and now he's back. He actually uh, gave a great quote after the game the other day. I love this. Hank said, I changed a detail two games ago. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but I did something that really brought me back to something that's very important to my game. So apparently, whatever he did, I, I think I heard Sam talk about how he was uh, feeling somewhat uneasy and nervous in net, which was very strange to hear about him. And he just kind of brought it all together and mentally got in the right place, and now he's back to where he is. Yeah, and he got, I think it's worth mentioning that NHL did give Henrik their second star of the week. Good job, uh, Henrik. NHL. Good job, Henrik. So good job by Hank. He deserved it. He only gave up one goal in two games against a, a Two teams hunting for the playoffs, so he did what he had to do. Right. So let's talk about a, a, a one-point game, since we've covered the Penguins extensively at this point. Uh, the Kings, this game was tough. Stahl was actively bad in this game. Ronto led in some very soft goals and was a really winnable game that we really sucked to let him back into it. Uh, and as I said last week, Kopitar is a goddamn beast, and he proved me right. Yep. The Kings are a very good ball club. Uh, ball club. Ball club. Uh, puck club. Puck club. Um <laughs> Yeah, Ranta, it's great having Hank, but we're getting to the point of the year. We talked about this, yeah, we talked about this hey, last hey, week, uh, Jim. We um, need to drop. This is the week where, or this is the point of the season where AV is going to get Ranta into games once a week just to keep Hank fresh and to make sure he's not overexposing him before the playoffs. And it's important to point out that the Rangers have not won a game the last seven times Ranta has been in the pipes. They're, he's, of course, he's not a goalie on the level of Henrik Lundqvist. If he was, he wouldn't be the Rangers' backup. But he's arguably not even backup quality at this point. Sure, the Kings are a great team. Giving up, uh, was the final score of that game 5-4 in overtime? It was 5-4 in overtime, but actually the Kings earlier that week, I think, put up a nine spot. So. They did. They did. So, again, it's not like – maybe um, the, a poor example of every goalie looks bad when you're playing the Kings. But at the exact same time, I, maybe the move the Rangers make at the deadline, maybe, maybe they find a different backup goalie. Because right now, in my estimation, watching him play, Antti Ranta is not an NHL caliber goalie. And that's fair, especially because it was the last seven games. I feel like, I think he only played two games in the last three weeks. Uh, I, he looked really rusty. There was one goal, I think it was the goal actually to bring it into overtime, where uh, Kopitar just shoots it straight at Klein's chest and it just bounces in. It was Sure, there are, there are bad breaks. Yeah, but there was two, two very soft goals. The second goal in the game. Yeah, uh, and part of, part of making stops is putting yourself in the proper position. And quite honestly, I don't think we've seen Ranta taking the wherewithal to put himself in the proper position. No, not at all. Uh, especially in the overtime goal, when he's just getting rushed on, he's playing so far out of net. And I know that 
that's what you got to do in certain situations to cut off the line. But he he just got beat super hard on a pretty soft goal in the upper left corner. What are you going to do? Uh, you got to stop yeah, that. Yeah, and I mean, last year the Rangers were super lucky to have a player like Cam Talbot uh, as their backup who could be a starter for mid-level teams in the NHL. I miss Cam. I'm really glad get, he got paid. He was really good for us. You're not going to get that kind of goalie as a backup very often, but at the same time, Ranta at this point in the season just isn't doing enough to warrant being the Rangers' backup goalie. And I think if they could make a move, it's something they should look into. Whenever we lose to the Kings, I just get I just have bad dreams. It's the same thing Last with the Lightning. Time. Yeah, I, I'll ne- yes, totally understand. I'll never forget watching those games live. And I know I bring this up all the time. And the, those crossbars they haunt me every every night of my life. Oh, the the Kreider crossbar places. The different places I ended up watching that Stanley Cup, like I watched each game, I think, in a different state just because I was traveling around at that time. And I scared the shit out of people wherever I went because I would just act like a lunatic. Well, yeah, because every game went to double overtime. <laughs> it was, it was oh God, it shaved years off my life. And yeah. I thought that was bad until the Mets made the playoff this year. And then I truly understood what shaving years off my life felt <laughs> Because it felt like an elephant was standing on my chest for three straight hours watching playoff baseball. Let's be fair. You were never seeing 75 in the first place. But you know. But good. now I'm not even seeing like 34. <laughs> like, You'll get we're, there. We're, we're down. We're down. Yeah. Are you, how's your arm, by the way, to update our listeners? Oh, we're good. Uh, full function. Um, the, I'm scared of the gym, though. I, I don't go back that I'm uh, I'm also still recovering. I think I have a lower back strain. Just just to update our listeners on our, our injuries of our 26 year old hosts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, our geriatrics at the age of 26. Right. So losing to the Kings here was wasn't really. I mean, we did lose. We got a point. It was a very winnable game. It really sucks to give it away. Stahl was really out of position and really playing unfortunate hockey game. the entire. He had a bad game. He really that's did, the, and like that's, that's the easiest way to say it. Yeah, and I, I can't stand like he does he has a no trade clause, guys, everyone that wants to trade stall. Same thing with Rhoda. They have no trade clauses that are limited until I think 2017, 2018, and then they could be traded but at somehow. The, at the same time, you know, Stahl has a bad game and then he has a sparkling game against the Flyers. Well, let's talk about that now. The Valentine's Day massacre. Wrath and Glasgow crazy. Simmons, we get to see his, I loved it. his blood on the ice. Loved it. it uh it sucks out to get the shutout with seven seconds left. But you know, the win feels all too good at this point. Got got my candy yeah, don't, in. Don't, do not care about shutouts. I just want wins at this point. And it went it went right according to script. I, you and I were texting before the game, uh, and I said, I needed, I needed blood. I need blood. And McElrath gave me blood. So he became jersey official in my mind. I will be getting a number six uh, diesel jersey before the end of this season. Do you, do you think Glass was upset that Rath fought Simmons? <laughs> um... I don't think upset's the right right word. I would I would say jealous. Jealous is jealous is what I, I wanted. I think Glass would have loved to go toe to toe with Simmons. That was a good but, fight. That was a really good uh, fight. It was, and it was just it was great to see that like the two of them saw each other on the ice and just dropped the gloves. Oh, Wrath so cool. went right over to him and said, "You know, let, we're gonna go." And Simmons said, "I know." <laughs> right. I, know. I don't think Wrath said it that politely. I'm oh sure yeah, I'm just it. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah, and uh, it, that was. It it felt like uh, I mean they were saying it on the broadcast, but that felt like old school bare knuckles hockey. I totally agree, and uh, I forgot and, who Glass fought, but he would just crush that guy. 
Uh, Ryan White, I think. Is that a name of someone? Is that the guy that gets scored, scored but, two goals against last time? I think that was it. I, have no, I, I got no idea. But at the same time, like, I go about my life per- fairly happy every day. Like, nothing really pisses me off if I'm not at work. So, like, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. I had a perfectly fine Sunday leading up to the Ranger game. And then I turn on the game, and it re- quickly reminds me how much I fucking hate Philadelphia. <laughs> Holy shit. It is unbelievable. If I see anything Flyers or Phillies related, like a flip just fucking switches in my mind. I want to murder someone. I want to punch someone. I want to pick a fight with someone I've never met before. It just, it turns me into a fucking lunatic. And I know we've tried to cut down on the swearing in this podcast, but there are no other words to use to describe what Philadelphia, anything makes me feel than good old fashioned English fucking cuss words. <laughs> and that's what Philly fucking does to me. Well, that was a fiver. A fiver. I liked it. Uh, that's the most I think we'll say in a row. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, I listen. I agree with you. I don't hate Philly as much as you do. That's for sure. Uh, it, it drives me up a wall. It's, it's crazy. So, like, I get kind of xenophobic watching you at, like, I have I don't care about anything, but if U.S. soccer is playing like Peru, all of a sudden I hate all Peruvians. And the same wow. thing always <laughs> happens when um, we play Philadelphia. It makes no sense. I'm a perfectly fine guy. If I'm not watching sports, I get along with everyone. And then sports comes on, and I'm like, I will murder your family. It's, and uh, I need you to understand how Aaron Hernandez serious I am when I say that. That was wow! You've gone far. That was <laughs> this podcast has gone off the rails, and I love it. Uh, that that being said, I don't share the, the I don't share the hate for Philly that uh, you have. I but I do understand the hate uh, for enemy teams, and that's that's just called being a sports fan, right? Being a real sports fan. There's like a difference between rivalries and the unbridled hate that I feel for Philadelphia area teams. Except, you know, the Eagles don't bother me, but I think that's because... That's crazy. <laughs> they really I care, should. I don't care about football. Like, I bet on the Eagles sometimes to win, so the Eagles just don't uh, bother me. It's nice, that you, it's nice that you lost a lot of money this year, then. <laughs> well, I didn't bet on them this year, Ryan. Oh, uh, okay, just saying. Uh, but yeah, it just, like, something about the Flyers and the Phillies, when even if they're bad, I just go bananas. Like, there was a game... Now, again, we've gone off the rails a couple times on this podcast, but that's why people come to us, because we're entertaining. Right. There was a Mets game this you, year, David Wright's first game back as a Met after his final stenosis, uh, and the Mets hit eight home runs against the Phillies, and I get that it's the Phillies and the Mets should have won that game anyway, but I went bonkers in my house watching the Mets just pummel that's... Philly pitching, pitch after pitch after pitch. That's like a like, one... If, it, if it was against like the Rockies... I would have been like, oh, this is interesting. This is a pretty fun game. But because it was the Phillies, I, like, lit my house on fire and said, you've done enough. I will build anew. Kick them while they're down, Greg. Jeez, the Phillies, they got a couple years before they do anything. Yeah, well, hopefully it's 10. It might be 20. That Honestly. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. Those are my thoughts about Philadelphia. Totally fine. Let's talk about the game. <laughs> Derek, was... uh, Great game. No, great yeah. game. Oh, great game. That's all I got to say. <laughs> great game, Greg. It was a great game. <laughs> well, like, so this is a point we've talked about. Oh, my God. So much Phil Simmons. So much. Uh, Phil, Phil Simmons. Simmons. There he is again. <laughs> we are uh, killing it. Yeah, but it's 
worth pointing out just how much chemistry the Broussard Miller Foss line has. It is truly amazing at this point. Well, Keith Yandel and Derek, uh, Dan, Derek Girardi, you heard me. Dan Girardi actually played a pretty big part in this game. Dan Girardi had two assists, which, uh, unlike him at this point in time, he's not really an offensive, as you know, not really an offensive uh, defenseman. But he's really kind of been rounding back into form and kind of winning my favor back. I think he really is recovering from that knee injury. Broussard and Derek Stefan, 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 Stefan are goddamn monsters. I, I can't get enough of that line. It's, it's really my. Well, favorite. they're not on the. They're not. Stefan. Oh, and sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, Broussard is with. Uh, is with Miller. Miller. My bad. That line's playing unreal. Like it's the most inconspicuous top line in hockey. But the way they're playing, the like the chemistry, Fost, Broussard, and Miller have right now. You can't break them up. If Nash comes back, that line stays untouched. It you you just can't move them. They're they basically know where each player is going to be before that player decides to go to that spot. And it's just magical. Even the first goal was on the two, uh, the four on four. So it was just, I think it was just Broussard and Miller on the ice. And still the Rangers, they just had perfect positioning and Broussard does the wraparound goal and Stahlberg makes sure like at the tail end that it's in, but it's Broussard's goal. It's I, I I can't remember a Ranger line since I think the Wolfpack line uh, a couple of years ago when it was Dubinsky, Anisimov, and uh, who was the third member on that line? It's okay if you can't remember him. It's all right. It might have been Callahan. It might have been Callahan. Maybe it might have been Callie, Dubinsky, and Anisimov. And that line, for whatever reason, was magic for Tortorella. That's what this this is the best line since then. Where pairing doesn't make sense if you told me before the season those three players are going to play together. But holy crap, has it worked wonders for the Rangers. On top of that, Matt Zuccarella is a goddamn wizard. That guy facilitates every puck in the strangest and best ways. He finds every anyone who needs to score. I'm convinced Tanner Glass could score if he was on his line. He gives you the best chance to score of any player I, I've seen this year. He just can always find you with an open shot. It's incredible. And you- and you know what? Credit has to go to the Rangers front office for not only finding Matt Zuccarello as kind of a diamond in the rough, but deciding to invest in Zuccarello when it could have been so much easier for them to invest that money in Ryan Callahan. And they made a decision that Zuccarello was the kind of guy they wanted to build around, not Callahan. And I cannot imagine what this team would be like without Zuc in the lineup every night. Yeah, he gives it all. I, well, I, I could imagine what. We saw it in the playoffs. It's a team that will not accomplish anything. When Ugh. Zook went out against the Lightning, the wheels came off the wagon. Everything and came off. And Rangers... It was sad. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that's so the kind of, so, so in this, like, I don't think we have talked about the Rangers front office that much, but you have to give Glenn Sather the biggest hat tip ever for seeing what his product could be with Zuccarello and making the sometimes – curious decision to some fans to invest in a player like Zuccarello instead of investing that money in their team captain, which was Ryan Callahan. You can make the same argument the other side that they invested in Dan Girardi and Stahl on the back ends of uh, just coming out of their prime. And Girardi seems to be kind of getting back to where he was. And that guy's a big locker room presence and AV does baby him. But Stahl is is yet to be seen. It's, it's and, I think And there's so Stahl, much left. Stahl's the same kind of locker room presence, though. And 
the 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 Rangers we have they value that the the coach values it the front office values it that's why they made a priority to sign a Dan Boyle last year and um, when you think about it though Ryan are there really defensemen the Rangers have let go where you really say to yourself well shit we'd be so much better with them I don't think John Moore is a very fun defenseman I'm not talking about John and Moore he's done some nice things with the Devils. Uh, but I don't think like Anton Strawman is what about that different maker. P- Pouliot wasn't a defenseman. Pouliot's oh, sorry, a sorry, 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 my bad. Um, I, I was thinking about the with Strawman. Yeah, I mean, there's been so much continuity in the Rangers' defensive pairings that we haven't had the opportunity to lose a lot of defensemen. Uh, Moore and Strawman being probably the biggest two we've lost. And as much as I like what John Moore is doing, I don't. I think when playoff time comes around, I, I despite his struggles this year, no one, been, no one is complaining about losing John Moore. No one, I don't think any Ranger fan regrets that. <laughs> no, but that's kind of my point, though. Like, who's the defenseman we would have gotten without re-upping Stall and Girardi? I, I think the question marks it would have brought. Yes, Stall and Girardi have played like crap at points in this season, but they also know what it takes to get to the Stanley Cup final. And I would trust them hundreds of times more than I would an Anton Strowman. I just disagree with you with Stahl right now. I get it with Girardi. Stahl frightens me. It looks like he lost he, his step. He played, he played great against the Flyers. You have to admit it. He got That's fine. minutes I, of ice time because he was that effective. Good. He needs to get back to that. But other than the time, other than the Flyer game, I can't remember a time the last time I looked at Stahl and I was like, man, that guy's good. <laughs> I just, he's I, been... He's been I've really given, crappy all season, and I, I, it was really hard to watch a lot of the time. He can't guard his guys. Everyone blows past him. He's out of position. He's screening Ranta against in the Kings game, so they get goals on him. Like It's just really sad. This is a guy coming off very serious ankle surgery in the offseason, and maybe like Girardi, he just needed more time to get himself back in shape. It's very possible. No, you're I'm right. just saying, when, when April rolls around, I have confidence that Mark Stahl will be fine. And, and I, I think I've been saying that about Stahl and Girardi since the day we started this you, podcast. You've been trumpeting so it, and everyone is against you, so you're all on your own with your own little flag on that one. And I, I totally respect your opinion, and I hope you're right in every way possible. I, I hope I'm right, too. I really do. Uh, so we won that game, and it was awesome. So there's that. Suck it, Flyers. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's, it really is crazy. Uh, let's go to the upcoming games. A pretty fun week for the Rangers. Uh, Wednesday, we played the Blackhawks. You ever heard about them? Yeah, they're pretty good. And I love that NBC, I mean, I get it. Wednesday is the night you love to hate. But besides the two teams being original six clubs, there's no rivalry with Chicago. No, it's I not. don't have any animosity towards it's them. It's ratings. Yeah, and it's going to rate amazingly well because Chicago and New York are two of the most fervent fair bases in the U.S. You don't say. <laughs> TV marketing, you know what you're doing? So weird. Uh, the the so, top three markets are playing each other? What? Uh, it's so crazy. Uh, so the Blackhawks right now are 36-18-5. They have 77 points, <laughs> but they're coming, like, at, at the time of this recording, they're kind of having a little bit of a losing streak for Blackhawks' sake. They're 4-5-1 and one in their last 10, and they're in an L3 right now. Um. The thing is, though, they do have this It'll player. Yeah, they, they have this player called Patrick Kane. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. Uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Kane. <laughs> do you? Uh, let's play a game. How many points this season does Patrick Kane have? Don't look. 
I, I thought the game we were going to play was, does he say no? Or oh, no, no. no. It's, oh, Greg, we're not that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we are today. I've gone on so many rants today that I think it's right up my alley. We're not. Those are false, uh, those are false allegations. How many, how, many, how many games have been played this year? Are we up to the 50 mark yet? We, uh, the Blackhawks have played 59 games. I'm going to say he has 72 points. 78, Greg. And he is killing it. He has 33 goals in the season. Uh, and actually, uh, Taos isn't even in the second points. It's uh, the guy named... Taze, by the way. Taze. Oh, Taze. I'm so sorry. I can't, yeah, sure. I can't English. I'm so sorry, Sweden and Switzerland. Such, uh, such a great host. Uh, the best host. Uh, anyway, it's not even... I'm going to butcher this name, too. Uh, Parin... I can't say his first name either. Art, Artem Paradam? I can't say it. He's, he leads, he's the second point scorer on the Blackhawks. Yeah, play, but I think they're going to be without Hosa in this game, I believe. I think he got a pretty bad injury over the weekend. Oh, I did not did not catch that. That's on me. I think they'll be without Hosa, which is, you know, see, the Blackhawks, they lose Hosa. They don't lose a step. The Penguins lose Malkin, and they become an AHL-quality ball club team. Mm. I don't know why I keep saying ball club. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been a crazy one. Um, but, but the Blackhawks are ridiculous. I do not expect to win that game. I'll just say that. <laughs> I never expect to beat the Blackhawks. No, I never do either. I think we've beaten them actually twice over the last three meetings, I think we have, which is insane. Um, <laughs> sure, whatever you say, buddy. I, I'm just making it up, to be honest. I could be totally lying, but I, I remember beating them. Uh, okay. Just straight, straight it out there. Fact check me, everyone. Uh, but it's going to be tough. I don't think we actually get this, as you're, as you're saying. I think they're just having another great year. That organization is the Spurs of hockey. And, uh, Blackhawks just... and Blackhawks, bro. What was that? I said Blackhawks are just going to Blackhawks. That's bro. all they do. Uh, they win, and that's a really good organization that I'm I'm very jealous of. But it's going to be a good game. It's going to be tough and tight uh, without Ryan and, and Nash. It's obviously going to be a little harder. But I think we'll we'll, we'll compete. I don't think it'll be a blowout, especially because it's rivalry I had, night. I had no idea you were on a first name basis with Ryan McDonough. Oh, you didn't know? We talk on the phone like all the time. We share a name. Oh, it's I like see. all Ryans. We, I know all Ryans. You don't know all Gregs? Uh, I met Greg Maddox. He was very boring. I disassociated with every Greg after that. Wow. Okay. Well, he's a brave too, so I get it. Um, yeah. A legend though. Thur- <laughs> Thursday will be the Ranta game this week. Most likely, we're going to Toronto to play the Maple Leafs and the Drakes. Ah, God, gotta hope that you, you gotta think they win that one. The the Maple Drakes are selling, <laughs> selling, selling, and they don't. They look like a team. There's not as much tanking in hockey as there is in basketball, but boy, do they look like a team that's trying to tank. Maple Drakes is my new official favorite name for a hockey team. <laughs> um, uh, this team's... I've been I've been killing it on the nickname front recently. You remember Charles Oakley? Yeah. Uh, the other day, I was playing... Are you talking NBA about the NHL? With yeah, you players. are. I mean, the NBA basketball player from the Knicks? Oh, yeah. Okay. Is there any of Charles Oakley? No, I was playing uh, NBA 2K me. with some of our bros, and I thought one of my friends, uh, Mike Spath, referred to him as Chuck Timber. Ooh. He didn't, but that is now his name. I like Chuck I Timber. Why, That's fun. Why hasn't he been called Chuck Timber for years? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good one. Uh, anyway, so the, the Maple Drakes, they ma- should hire Chuck Timber. Yeah, they should. Maple Drakes are 20, 25, and 9. They have 49 points this season. James Van Riendijk has 29 points and doesn't even lead the team they're in the, points. They're the only team in the NHL under the 50-point mark at this point this season. Oh, my God. It had, like, got to play Ronta in that game, and if, if you lose and because of Ronta, uh, and he lets in some soft ones against that team, it's time to move on. Yeah, you cut him. You cut him. 
Yeah, you got it. Get him out of here. Get out of here. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Uh, let's let, let's finish off this last game here with the Red Wings. This uh, team, I, I was actually is actually in a group. Yeah, oh my god, Woo! I need you to get do a it, drink, buddy. I need a drink of water. I'm going to cut this part out. Uh, this team is actually 29, 18, and nine. Uh, they have 67 points this year. They're three, uh, six, three, and one in their last ten. Fun fact: this team actually has Brad games. Richards on it. Yeah, they played some weird games though. They beat the Bruins six five on Sunday. And then promptly turned around and lost four to one to the Islanders today, or as you're listening to this yesterday. Right. Um, so this been, a, been a weird been a weird week for the Red Wings. Yeah, and they have some pretty good players. They have a guy named uh, Henrik Zetterberg. He's got 41 points in the season. Dylan oh, Larkin. Dylan, Dylan Larkin is uh, running away just, with uh, rookie of the year. Trophy. Just mentioning it, Dylan Larkin looks very good. Has 38 points for them. 18 goals already. Unbelievable. He's such a good talent. He's going to be a fun player to watch for years to come. Right, and I don't have anything really against the Red Wings either. I think that'll actually be a tight game. Those games are usually pretty traditional, and uh, they always go down to the wire. Yeah, I just, I'm always confused why a team in Detroit is playing in a division called the Metropolitan Division. That never makes any sense to me. Uh, I think no, it's, they're not. They're I, not I, I, I think it's because they're playing in the Atlantic, Atlantic Division. Yeah. <laughs> It would make more sense. It, it, it barely makes any sense that they're in the Metropolitan, uh, the Eastern Conference period. But then to put them in the Atlantic Division, a team that plays in Detroit, Michigan, on the shores of Lake Superior, which I didn't know. Did you know this, Ryan? Apparently drains out to the Atlantic Ocean. Is that true? No! <laughs> you got me. You got me. I was like, there's no way that's true. I don't know how the hell that would happen. It's a landlocked lake, Ryan. Yeah. I don't know if there's rivers and streams, estuaries that meet the seas. Um, also, it might be Lake Michigan, not Lake Superior. It's one of the Great Lakes. Man, we are killing it with geography on this show. Whatever. I hope you like us for our ranger knowledge. <laughs> that's, that's really where this is going. Um, I'm going to finish off with a, actually an interesting tidbit that I found out this week. Did you listen to the, uh, the Bill Simmons, Al Michaels podcast? I sure did. Great podcast. Great pod. So shout us to Bill. He's my favorite podcaster. Um, sponsor of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. Uh, yeah, never. He uh, doesn't know it yet, but he, he is. He has no idea. Uh, my favorite thing was that Al Michaels said hockey is the best live sport, and he's so right. He's uh, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And people who don't know that or haven't been to a hockey game, I feel so bad for them. Football is a terrible sport to go to live. It's awful. awful. It's cold. It's have- not fun. There's no yellow lines in the field. I don't care. And the you don't understand how long the commercial breaks are until you can't change the channel because you're stuck in a football stadium. Yeah, if you're not watching Red Zone at the football stadium, like I, I think I went to a game and watched somebody watch Red Zone, and they were, I was jealous because they were doing it right. But they paid yeah, a bunch of money I, to be there. Going to first of all, there's no football team I care enough about to like want to see live, and the games I've gone to all the time on there, I'm like, this would be so much better if I was just watching at a bar. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, so I think we've talked enough hockey today. I think it's time to get to the real, the real meat of this podcast. Uh, we can keep this short just because we're running pretty long. That's, uh, that's correct. But Go basically, this... as the story goes, on Friday, it was a very slow day at work. And um, there was candy lying around the newsroom, and it was airheads. So I took to our group of friends and just – Boldly stated, airheads are a criminally underrated candy. And you were the first one to respond saying, I think they're properly rated. 
and immediately got <laughs> shut down by the 10 other people I'm not... that responded to this comment. Okay, first off, let me defend myself. Airheads are a good candy. Now, there's there's plenty of great ways to eat them, and they have a lot of good flavors. White is definitely a different flavor every time, despite what anyone says. Um, it's, it's a mystery flavor. It's mystery flavor. It's different every time. That being said, they're a good candy. Airheads are not phenomenal at all. Airheads are phenomenal. Phenomenal, no. phenomenal candy. And on the level of one for Almond Joys to freaking Airheads, Airheads are like a 100. You can't compare sweets and chocolate and candy. Seven. You just can't do that. Yes, I can, because candy is candy. You could, wait, you could compare Skittles to Hershey's, like Hershey bar? Yeah. What? Okay. Candy candy, bro. First Fine. of all. Then I'm going to defend myself. Almond Joys are goddamn delicious. I don't care what anyone well, they're says. Not. Yes, there they are. Nothing with, there is nothing food-wise, if it contains coconut, that makes it good. I would think a lot of people would disagree no reason with you. For coconut to be involved in anything. In anything you hate? Do you hate pina coladas and getting lost in the rain? I, I do hate getting lost in the rain. I won't lie. Okay, fine. But, <laughs> but I mean, no, I should have said any candy. I should have been more specific. Okay. I've heard of the benefits of coconut oil as well. From, that, that is true. It does work for everything, by the way. And I mean everything. Everything. Guys. Everything. All caps. Um, you're, you're fucking crazy for saying airheads are simply good. What? Because I'm saying they're good and not amazing? They're not the best candy of all time? You're calling airheads like Dale Murphy when they're really Ken Griffey Jr. Oh my god. That is incredible. No, you're wrong. I'm sorry. And Almond Joys, are, Almond Joys aren't the greatest candy of all time, but they're damn good. Sure. Yeah, I, I get it. You're, 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 I don't even have a word for what you are. You've left me speechless with your insanity. Fine. Let's, so- agree, let's agree on some things before we go. Bunch of Crunch, amazing. Oh, my God. I had them while I saw Deadpool this weekend. Oh, they so are jealous. the best. I'm so jealous. I'm seeing it this week. Um, what about, crunch, what about Mr. Good Bar? That bar is amazing. No, not a good bar guy. I okay. Think All right. Fine. Okay. This is my favorite candy. You ready for this? Hot take. Ready? Take not five not. is my favorite candy. You're fucking insane. Like, not, it's, got no a, it's got a goddamn pretzel in it, Greg. <laughs> You're insane. Have a pretzel then. That's not candy. <laughs> it's got pretzel, caramel, peanut butter, and like chocolate. It's crunchy. It's fun. No, bunch of crunch might be number one. One A is Starburst, and one B, Airheads. You're, you're, you you want you want to be candy? You're a cop out. Get Twizzlers, out of here. And Twizzlers, Twizzlers is the candy that just misses the cut. But if you told me I can only have three candies for the rest of my life, no hesitation. Starburst, Airheads. Bunch of crunch. Twizzlers I, are hear me out right now. Hear me clear. Twizzlers are garbage unless they're pull and peel. <laughs> I'm turning it off. I'm, I'm turning it off. Greg, I'm, it's been a great podcast. <laughs> I'll see you next week, buddy. I love you. I don't, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you will. I might not be able to <laughs> It's over. It's been a really good run. The Blue Shirt Breakaway is officially ending. But if you, you think it's actually not ending, you should follow us on all our social media, including Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my face. Friendster, our website, www.blueshirtbreakaway.com, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Greg, say goodbye. Yeah, my love. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. You see it every day. The first dollar you earned from your first customer. Now it hangs on your wall at headquarters. A reminder of where you started and the promise of what's still to come. In part because you rely on Sandy Spring Bank to help you make the right choices on real estate and equipment loans, 
treasury management, and commercial services. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.